Okay. Hi, can you please give me your name and your pronouns? My name is Charlene Mensa and my pronouns are she, her. Okay, um, first question. Charlene, can you please describe to me what your politic is? I know that this is a huge question uh -huh. and many people get intimidated, so just try your best and it will be good enough. To be honest, I never had this question um, been asked to me, but I feel like my politics are, it, it really surrounds um, mental health specifically. Um, I'm more drawn to mental health um, when it's like, basically mental health targeted towards black men, young black men and black men in general. But I do um, touch a little, areas of like women who also like suffer from mental health and not only that like um family dynamics um you could say a bit of black lives matter when it comes to just like like systemic issues and specifically when it comes to the school system um when it comes to like opportunities when it comes to jobs when it comes to the healthcare system, I'm all over the place, but I would say my main thing for me is mental health within the black community. And I do target black men specifically. All right, good, good answer. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, could you please describe to me your political education, be it formal or informal? I'll definitely say it's informal um, because a lot of the things I've learned, you could say I really started to dive into it um, in 2019. That's when I really took it serious because I went through a couple of, uh, you can say, issues in my personal life, which really made me feel like I need to know more, not for necessarily me, but to understand what I was going through and to see if I can help others, other young girls or other young young males not go through what I was going through. So um, yeah, but before 2019, I've always been that kid or that child who was always thinking about, you know, why is this person treating this person like this and et cetera, et cetera. So I was always, um, questioning certain things, but I really started to dive into the things that I mentioned um, in 2019. Um, I don't want to pry or to make you feel pressured, but if you could go more into detail about the story that happened in 2019, if you don't want to, it's totally fine. Just mm -hmm. no, I don't mind. So um, a lot of things. So before I'll say the, the biggest thing that happened in 2019, let me just give you a background. So I grew up in an African household. You know, I don't really know much about, um, or it wasn't really um, passed down to me where, okay, how do I say this? I wasn't educated by my parents and by the people in my community. And I come from, um, my parents are Ghanaian, so I'm Ghanaian, but I'm born in Canada. They didn't really educate me about like how it is back home and the struggles, the history. It was more like I got the education in the places that 
I was pretty much raised on so church or or parties or uh, you know baby showers and it wasn't really and in those spaces it wasn't one of those ones where I was sat down and they got to really speak to me about certain things that was going on so you could say I grew up with a lot of missing pieces and there were moments and there were times when my my um, my parents would speak to me a certain way um they would do certain things and I just it just I didn't understand why they behaved this way why they treated me like this and um I was I grew up really sensitive and a lot of the things that they they said to me were well in in this world that we we live in in Canada in the Western world, they were framed as um, what's the word I'm looking for emotionally, uh, what's the word abusive emotionally abusive, but you know back home in the in the Western world or in the in the third world country in Ghana per se you know to them it's just like normal talks like suck it up but to me it was hard for me to to deal with that especially when I knew I had you know friends around me who had parents that were like you know a little bit more calm and nicer when they're speaking to them and whatnot so you can say I grew up with I grew up with a lot of um internalized emotions and it's funny and weird at the same time because I I suppressed my emotions but then I was also outspoken at the same time so it was a really hard, difficult battle between speaking up and keeping quiet. Because when I would speak up, oftentimes it would be out of anger. And when I would show that anger, it's like the finger was being pointed back at me in a way where it's like, no, you don't have the right to, to feel this way. Or no, you're a child, you, you shut up, you listen, and that's it. And that really had a, like, a tremendous, like, negative impact in my life because you know as a woman um I matter my voice matters um, my opinions my feelings matter and it's hard to say but growing up having that background really made it hard for me to step out and do the things that I know I can naturally do so getting into the 2019 story um to sum that up basically I was so lost to the point where I was giving all my energy to friends. I was I was trying to be what what I wanted my parents um, to be for me to my friends. So whatever they said, I believed them. I'll gas it. I'll hype them up. And um, I got to a point where my intermediate friends they were just annoying me because I was so I was such an ambitious kid and I'm still am. Um, they're annoying me to the point where I felt like I can't open up to them. Like I was talking to them about, you know, just doing little things like going camping or booking a hotel just so we can have some girls time. But it's like anytime I bring up the idea, they'll be like, uh, uh, and whatnot. So basically I decided for some reason to put them off to the side. And I met this individual who I thought could help me um, deepen my journey, my spiritual journey. Um, and, um, this person, you know, like was a great help in the beginning, you know, um, my spiritual journey or my practice is Christianity, but I'm in and out of Christianity and, and spirituality.
But um, I felt like this person can help me. You know, we prayed together. We we read Bible plans together. I openly express my thoughts and concerns, especially when it comes to like sex and intimacy, because um, that's something that I I'm really um, big on. I really feel like sex and intimacy is sacred. And like, I grew up on Western Road, like <laughs> sex is like nothing here. You know, like if you, if you give it, if you give it away, you give it away. And to me, like, I just didn't, I don't, I don't agree with that. And I would often like speak about, you know, my concerns about how I felt like black men were just doing too much pressuring girls and doing that and this and that to this individual long story short um this person did openly tell me that they had um feelings toward me and I think because they had abandonment issues um they, I felt like they rushed the process too much and me personally growing up with Growing up the way I was, I grew up where I, I basically felt like I had to fend for myself. I'm not used to someone always being so attached to me. You know, I'm used to, I'm used to, you know, growing up where I basically had to fend for myself because my parents weren't there for me emotionally. So I learned how to just be strong on my own. So this person basically rushed the process of getting to know me. And I felt like it was really um, unauthentic. And um, long story short, um, I was basically, I felt like I was gaslighted to do certain things that weren't in my comfort zone with this individual. And it's crazy because like I would, after I would do, after we would, um, we were together and we'll do certain things that, you know, were, along the line of intimacy I'll let this person like know right away like ah I don't feel I didn't feel right I don't feel right I don't feel good and they will often be like their answer or reply would be like why I feel I it was okay to me it was great to me or something along the lines of that and totally dismissing how I feel totally dismissing um my opinion and to me that was like the biggest trigger to me because that's exactly how I was raised, where I would speak up about something that was not in favor of me, was not being considered um, for the sake of how I felt about the situation. And it was always dismissed by my dad. It was always dismissed by my mom. It was always dismissed by the aunties. It's the same routine. It's the same pattern. And um, yeah, like I just had to basically end that friendship or whatever that was because I just didn't feel honored I felt like I was just being an object I felt like um I felt like I wasn't being heard and I hate the fact that yes I'm a woman yes to some people's eyes I may be beautiful or pretty but I want to I don't only want to be seen physically I want to be seen emotionally seen spiritually and I didn't get this from that person, nor do I sometimes get this from my own family members or, or immediate circle. So that really hurt me to the point where after that situation, I faced like depression like crazy. Um, my room was always messy. 
I didn't really want to talk to no one. I didn't even tell my closest friend because I just felt so ashamed and disgusted. And eventually, like, um, thank God I I had um, access to some free therapists and I let them in and we had discussions about it. And I went to a couple of workshops. Um, one workshop was called Consent. It was a consent workshop by um, Black Women in Motion um, before the pandemic hit. And I went there and I got to learn about gaslighting. I got to learn about consent. I got to learn about the fact that you need to have multiple conversations before engaging in sexual activity. Like, you know, these type of things I did not learn, not even from the school system. I didn't even learn from, <laughs> from home. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm literally in this world walking around feeling like, okay, I'm half protected, half not, because I'm thinking people have pure intentions for me, but really it's like how, like, okay, how do I say it? I feel like people assume that women, we know what we're doing or we know everything, or we know that um, if, if we do A, it's going to lead to B, but no, like, we are we are learning we are at a point in in our I, I feel like we're at a point in time where we are literally learning about ourselves because there's so much information there's so much things that you know our parents have allowed so much garbage that our parents have allowed that we are learning that it it's literally not serving us so the fact that i got to learn about consent and all of that led into um, my next, um, you could say passion of understanding hypermasculinity and understanding hyperfemininity and, and other, other, um, you could say other topics that lead into mental health overall. So, yeah. First of all, thank you so much for sharing. I'm so proud of you and your journey and I'm so happy to be part of your journey. I'm so happy to be part of your circle and your light. I love your light, like you're awesome. Me and Charlene actually met during film camp. And like, I remember like one time we were sharing like special objects. Remember that time when we were sharing special objects and I shared like a water bottle, like from uh -huh. X university that had consent comes first. And like, that's where we first connected. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, like, fuck misogyny, fuck, the, fuck rape culture. Like I told yeah. you, I'm on you with that. I'm on you with that. We're on the same exactly. level. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. And thank you so much thank for you. sharing. It means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so next question. How do you, in your own special way, make social change? Everyone does this in their own way, but how do you, in your own unique way, um, do you contribute to social justice? Um, great question. Um, I'm doing it by honestly being myself and, ha and it, yeah, it starts with just being myself because I can't, I can't fake the funk. You know, I believe in consent. I believe that women are more than their bodies. And I carry myself that way. So when I'm engaging with um, new people or when I'm, 
yeah, like when I'm meeting new people um, and we have a conversation, we have a dialogue, I make sure to tell them what's on my mind. And by telling them what's on my mind, it I notice that it opens a gateway or a door for them to understand a different perspective. Cause a lot of like a lot of times, a lot of guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um what's it called? focus on black men right now a lot of black men really don't understand the depths of the things that they may do or they know of someone that do these certain things how it can affect you know black women black girls society as a whole so when I when I just have these honest conversations with them and just let them know what I'm about I feel like that's my way of contributing to social change I love that. I love that. I love, I think that's so important because I feel like a lot of like non-Black people try to like take that like sovereignty or try to take like Black people's agency away and try to act as if like we don't have our own way of doing things or we don't have the right to speak to ourselves like directly. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that that dialogue directly between two like Black people, like Black men and like Black women, for example, like it's so important just yeah. have it just be like them too and not anyone else of any different race because it's very like community stuff like it's intra-community so yeah, yeah. just I really want to like say that like there that's a good I don't know there needs to be more boundaries around the way that people talk about black men like yeah because uh-huh. like it's like it's serious because it's like they're actually like beneficiaries of patriarchy and like it's like I don't know like People who aren't black men in the black community who are black, they have been doing this work since time. And they act as if and they try to erase our work. Because like we really like, we really push the culture. Like, I don't know, like I feel like a lot of like, especially like trans black people, like, you know, like they've done a lot of work for the community, a lot of queer black people and their lives within the community and outside of the community are not valued, you know what I mean? Mm. So like, yeah, any critiques of black men coming directly from other black people, like I totally like, I want to like valorize that because they're the ones like whose voices I want to listen the most to you know what I mean Uh I don't know I just feel like non-black people get way too comfortable so yeah I'm like I'm really proud of you because like your voice matters when I'm with that voice yeah okay so next question um how has your relationship with the notion of community changed over the years man that's (laughs) a really good big question I don't know before I just thought community was just volunteering and um I don't know maybe being a part of the food drive but I realized community is way more bigger than that like it is not only about you know having a safe place but it's about having a bunch of people with maybe different different opinions or, or the same opinions, but having individuals come together to create a better world for the next generation or to create some sort of change or to just have some sort of input. Because at the end of the day, the government can't work without community, right? And like, I feel like community community plays such a big role in this world like we like the world will not be going in circles right now without community without individuals coming together so 
it, it definitely made me realize um, how big community is, how big, um, I don't know, like, how big it is to just have, have that connection with people. Yeah. Um, can you give me an example of like how you thought about community before and how you think about it now? Like maybe like a couple years ago, like what you thought it was and now like two ideas or two images? Um, yeah, like I said um, in the beginning, like before I thought community was just volunteering your time. And like, for example, um, I used to, my, my sister used to work at a community almost, you know, called Frontlines. And because I was her sister, you know, I had the opportunity to volunteer, um, help out with um, the program that they had for the kids, after school program, and also help out with the kitchen and serving, serving meals for people who don't have, you know, the privilege to have meals every single day. So I thought it was just about helping people. But I realized, especially like with my limited amount of knowledge of politics, community is not only about helping people, but it's about, like I said, making actual change. So within, I believe 2019, um, when uh, election was happening for NDP and all of those other things, um, I helped, I help like knock doors and hear people's opinions of like who they want to be um, like currently in position and just hearing like individuals speak on like their opinion of what type of change they want and why they want to change. Um, most of their concerns were about like, you know, taxes, were about, you know, the community violence, were about, um, I believe like, changing up the roads and making sure that you know the roads are smooth and stuff so i realized that it's a, it's a little bit more deeper than helping people it's it's really about the collective um the collective change that's needed for everyone to prosper yeah, yeah good answer yeah thank you Okay, um, how has this pandemic been for you in terms of productivity outside of the classical bounds set by capitalism? Honestly, I'm, I've been a rebel. <laughs> this, this quarantine or this pandemic, I've been a rebel because in the beginning, I'll say the first mm, four months, I was like abiding by the rules. I tried to be productive and I was trying to do these free online courses, but now I just stick to Netflix but then after the four months I went outside because I mentally couldn't take it you know my parents were always home they're always talking and I needed space and no pandemic could stop me from going outside to catch some air because I needed that and once I started to go out I just I just I don't know grew this 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 confidence of just going out and and still creating opportunities. So I started actually during the pandemic to really take my modeling career serious. Um, started um, 
messaging a couple of people. Um, and yeah, I, I started just modeling, taking photos. And not only that, um, reaching out to other opportunities like um, Black Women Film Camp. Mm-hmm. And like, like, I, like you said, I got a chance to meet you and other individuals, other creators. Um, yeah, like I really just seize, seize, I tried to seize every opportunity as I can because I was not going to allow the pandemic to keep me indoors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That's great. I'm happy for you. Yeah, that's great. How has your idea of friendship and community changed or not changed through this pandemic? Hmm. My, I don't think it really changed because like I said, I'm, I've always been a thinker. But I feel like I got a little bit more wisdom um, when it comes to my idea of friendship and community. I realize it's not perfect. Community is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, friendship is not perfect because there's always going to be an opposite to it. And just because there's an opposite doesn't necessarily mean that I got to throw everything or toss everything into the bin. For example, um, let's use community. Let's just say, for example, um, I'm a part of a, a youth cabinet and we're... I'm on the side of fighting for more Black history introduced into the curriculum. And my part, my um, associates are against it because they believe they, there needs to be, we need to focus on having consent first. Although we're still on the same team, it's just different priorities. It doesn't necessarily mean that I, I need to cut this person off. It just means that like what whichever one has the major votes, we'll focus on that, but it doesn't mean necessarily the, necessarily that I must cut off that community because at the end of the day, progress is still gonna come about. So that's one thing I've learned. Like things will take time. And for me to just analyze my emotions and not be so quick to cut everything off because it doesn't go my way yeah yeah definitely yeah I don't think like I don't know I just feel like this pandemic like just taught us to be more gentle to ourselves and to others because it's like Mm -hmm. literally like we're all going through so much so why make it even worse on each other yeah 100% absolutely Okay, last question, Bestie. How are you? How are you? Um, I'm good. This conversation literally like made my day. I was like, ah, oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Honestly, I'm just finding new ways, bigger ways I can contribute to this world. Um, like I made a couple of films and I, I really want to make another film that's legit. I will post on my Instagram page. So I'm just, I'm just bubbly, just waiting for, you know, just the next opportunity and the next, I don't know, I don't know, 
<laughs> I'm just happy. I'm happy and I'm just loving the way life is right now because it's teaching me a lot and every teachable moment is a blessing for me. Yeah. The thing about you is like you're actually like an artist. Like you have the sensitive soul of an artist, bro. Like I feel like I don't know, like you have like a Pisces moon, I think. Like you're actually <laughs> like a dreamy artistic person. <laughs> I think those, like, that's kind of underrated. Like, you actually literally are an artist for an artsy, artsy, artsy girl. You're an art girl, Charlene. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, you you're the art girl. I see your, I see your, your painting, your drawings and stuff. <laughs> you're a secret art girl. I see you though. You can't, you can't hide from me. <laughs> How are you though? You're here asking me all the questions. Oh, I mean, it's not really about me, but I'm fine. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been kind of like, um, like slacking on this podcast because like literally like I've just been so like discouraged because like I have like two listeners and I'm like this is so embarrassing like I'm gonna I'm gonna quit but like, literally the other day like um two people who are my friends are like oh my god like we love it it's so interesting and I'm like oh they're my two listeners and they were like yeah like they're asking me so much so many questions and stuff like that and I was like you guys actually listen you guys actually care about what I do because sometimes when you just create something and it's not like it doesn't pop off immediately you just think like it's a flop right but like, yeah. I don't know like even just one person like being affected by what you do it's it makes a whole world of difference you know what I mean uh -huh. because I did this group this um reading circle thingy last month and it was about Palestine it's about colonization in Palestine and uh -huh. I read it I read a book like during the Instagram lives like every week and I'm like now like I was just thinking like really like now like a bunch of other people read that book because I chose to do that reading circle yeah and, like, you see how like my actions have an impact so like I just felt like with this podcast I was wondering if I had an actual impact but like recently I was reassured that it does so I'm gonna stop slacking on it because <laughs> yeah. I should have yeah I'm actually like kind of I'm more motivated now because now now you're making you're making me try to like just hearing you say you're in a um you said a a circle what do you say a reading circle a reading circle like shoot i want to be in a reading circle now too <laughs> i need it i like i'm literally trying to find new ways to broaden my horizon like my mind i feel like i'm just doing the same thing over and over so hearing other people's opinions and and holding each other accountable for reading like that's dope that's mm -hmm. super dope yeah, every month we do a different book. This month it's the script for Moonlight by Barry Jenkins. You can read it in like a day. You know what I mean? And I think I'll just do like a a big discussion at the end of the month rather than reading it every week because it's just like a script, right? The huh. next month I don't remember what it is. I think it's going to be Angela Davis's um, "Prisons Are Obsolete," and the uh -huh. next month after that is going to be like this anonymous, like it's a group of anonymous authors from France were revolutionaries and they all came together to write a pamphlet and they're called the invisible committee and they're about it's about revolution oh, wow. so like, every month like you know we're building a library here like literally it's going to be a library it's going to be library type beat so yeah tap in tap into yeah the put circle. me on i was about to be like she better put me on after this time call <laughs> yeah mm. that's so amazing that's mm. so amazing i'm really happy for you i'm proud of you thank you I'm yeah. excited. I think, I don't know, the book club is the favorite part because I love to read, you know? Uh, love, it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love <laughs> it.
So yeah, I've just I've been fine. I finished um Too Hot to Handle season two. That shit was whack, but I ate it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love mess. <laughs> right? Mm. I love mess, you know? And yeah, I just I'm happy with the way the season ended. It's satisfying to get that closure. Mm. Yeah. That's been the interview. Do you have anything else you wanna say? Or shout anyone um, out? Last the words. <laughs> I do want to say something because this has been on my mind and on my heart. Like, although there is a lot of issues within the Black community, I want to say um, we need to pay a little extra attention to, you know, how how Black men and Black boys um, mask their emotions. Because oftentimes, we penalize them and we come at them for the way they act, which honestly, I believe we do need to like um, call them out on their behaviors and opinions and all of that stuff because it's it's not right. But I really do believe there is something fundamentally wrong with with how they are, I don't know, going through life or how they're expressing themselves. And it would be really amazing if a lot of people can tap into just educating themselves on hyper-masculinity. And yeah, that's what I want to say. And I just want to say shout out to you. Shout out to um, myself because- (laughs) Queen, queen. (laughs) You know, queen and queen. Because honestly, like, I just, I just, we need to hear more Black women's voices and we need to honor more Black women's voices. We're more than our body, Mm -hmm. period. We're more than our body and our opinions our love, our our light changes the world. We need we need to see less men in power because look at the state of this world. And we need to see more women in power because we have that magic that will mm-hmm. just put everything together. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to say. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you. That's it. That's been great. It's like <laughs> <We're> <laughs> over. Ah, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to this interview. Okay. <laughs> we, got, we finally got to do it. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop the recording right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs>